Welcome to Side Conversations of Marketing, Management, and Money. Yes, our podcast is all things small business, but in these side conversations, we deviate a little bit and might go into politics, religion, social, economics, or health, whatever we feel like talking about. So if you're interested in learning a little bit of our take on other issues, welcome to Side Conversations. All right, welcome everybody. Um, this is Marketing Management Money with Ethan and Ryan, and we're going to jump into uh, one of our uh, side conversations. Uh, we're just going to be talking a little bit. Now, don't be confused because the topic that I'm curious to talk about, normally our side conversations, you know, I mean, we talked about like hot yoga and gardening. That was, that was like <laughs> one of the first ones we did. So it's pretty obvious that that is not an episode that we normally would put out. But um, the topic that I want to kind of uh, just get your opinion on, and it's very much opinion, is everything that's going on in the world. Like, you know, inflation is, is a big deal. Uh, energy is a big deal. Uh, you know, we just had midterm elections here in the U.S., um, you know, and kind of looking at that, uh, you know, at that process and uh, how people think there's a lot of change. And, and what, what I want to be very clear on is this is just two guys sharing their opinion. <laughs> this, is, this is not a research topic, and we do not necessarily have political expertise that others, you know, are, are lacking, you know. But, hey, I think I'm pretty politically savvy. Well, and, and okay, maybe so, that, so I, sh- I should do the other end of the spectrum and state that, you know, it's not just two, you know, like random old people sitting over coffee you know, but politics are about the uh, have about the well, political opinions have about the same value of a penny. It's worthless. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a great way to really establish things. But uh, so, what what do you, what do you think's going on? Yeah. Uh, well, let me share. This is something, and I didn't even think of this until you you said something, and it made me think about. Made me question myself on how smart I am politically, but um, uh, a common fact that most people don't know. Okay, um, so how many U.S. senators are there? A hundred. Okay, how many U.S. senators are up for election every two years? I guess it would. I would think it would be a third. Yeah, a third. You so know. most people don't realize that that every two years, a third of the U.S. senators are up for election. Yeah, I was going to say, I felt like that was a trick question no, because no. I didn't know if it was spaced evenly or yeah, not. Yeah, it, it, it kind of is. Okay. Not perfectly, as okay. you can imagine, but yeah. it's really close. Okay. Um, but what's fascinating is you when you watch uh, political conversations like this year being uh, midterm with you know a number of senators up, is that no one, you know, and they talk about whether it's going to flip from... Uh, one party to the other. But what people don't generally look at is they don't look at um, future years coming up. So meaning this year, the balance between uh, Republicans and Democrat senators was pretty close to even, which is why uh, it got a lot of hype because, all right, is it going to flip? Is it going to stay? What's going to really happen? Because it's pretty unilateral. But uh, in two years, it's uh, the number of... U.S. senators in the election in two years is dominantly Democratic. They're Democrats. Oh, so, okay. So you want to talk about an election to watch. Those are the ones that are 
more interesting to watch because you have more senators that are of one party versus another, which means probably the one in four years now is probably high in Republicans. Okay. So those two. So this one is why this so much pressure gets put on this election because it's so balanced that 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 power change actually can happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that political science should be outlawed as a degree option. Yeah, so do I. So do I. But I, well, here, but here's another interesting one that that. Uh, and I think most Americans need to hear and have the discussions around this one because in my, in my modest opinion, uh, politics have become very polarized. And I don't like that. I don't think that's your opinion. I think that's shared by the yeah. vast majority of well, people. Well, I still say it's my opinion because I, okay. I, I, I live in a bubble in some ways. We all do in our own ways. Sure, yeah. But, but I would agree that uh, most Americans are moderate on political views, even though political parties have become polarized, and which I hate. Mm-hmm. Um, but some states, uh, Nebraska being one of them, um, they, uh, I believe it's Nebraska, so I, I might I need to fact check that one. But uh, Nebraska, in their election process, in their primaries, it's an open primary, meaning okay. Republican or Democrat can vote for either, either either party, yeah, yeah, okay. So what they found in Nebraska is Nebraska has a more moderate political environment because when you think about that one, if I'm Republican or a Democrat, then that election comes up. Um, if if I don't want a radical Republican, then I'm going to vote for the one that's more moderate. Because at least they're going to probably be more workable. Mm-hmm. So, so their model has, they have had more success as a political entity in passing bipartisan uh, state laws uh, because they're more moderate because of this open primary. Oh, okay. Now, so I, I'm going to play a little devil's advocate please. for a second. Nebraska, it's probably a moderate state to begin with. You know, when when, 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 I, when I think of a state like New Jersey that's very, you know, like regulated. Yeah. And yeah. Well, and, I, I, and and that's and that's where I say yeah, I just share it because I think a lot of states uh, who thrive for a more moderate uh, political environment, uh, the models that we currently have in our states are not working. Yeah. That's that's what my argument oh, okay. is. Okay, hold hold on, hold on. I I'm going to back up and I'm going to say they are working. They could be improved because yeah. this is yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. things they do. I get really bent out of shape. I had so many people come and talk to me, and so in Utah we had a very interesting Senate election. Oh yes. You know, so you had Mike Lee who uh, third term. Yes. And uh, he's about as Republican as you know, like he's known nationally for opposing the Democratic Party. You know, and and so in Utah, we did not have a Democratic candidate go for Senate. We had an independent. And, uh, you know, I don't care what party you're you're, you're from. I look at this and I'm like, it's a political move. It was a political Mm -hmm. move to get him out. It wasn't a move to get someone in. It was a political move to get him out. 
but I had so many people come and tell me, they're just like, you got to vote for Mike Lee, which by the way, I do support Mike Lee. I actually like what he stands for. The guy's very intelligent. There's no politician out there that I agree with a hundred percent, but I'm like, look, the guy's very intelligent and he knows what he's doing. You know, that's one of the reasons why so many people oppose him is because he's not kind of wishy-washy like some, you know, some others are. You You know know where he stands. You know where he stands. And so I actually, my views line up with a lot of his views. And so, you know, I I vote for him. But I've got people that are sitting there and they're like, you have to vote for him because if you don't vote for him, we're going to become Nazi Germany. (laughs) I was told this. That's so stupid. And it wasn't even a joke. And I'm like, now now here's the super interesting thing. (laughs) I just got back from a business visit in Germany, right? Yeah. And while I'm there, I take some advantage of some of my downtime. And one of the things that I went and checked out is there's a museum. It's the uh, Topography of Terror in Berlin. Ooh, that I, almost sounds cool. I, I know. Well, it, uh, it's got this hype name. It's a very boring museum, but a very informative museum. Okay. Like, I spent hours reading. It, it, it's, it's, uh, it's on the uh, grounds of the SS headquarters in Berlin. Really? Yeah. Okay. Definitely worth going to. Right. Yeah, it's not something that little kids would do because y- yeah. you just read, 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 read. You yeah. know, it's, yeah. it's a ton of information. And, you know, and so I'm reading up to some of the events and some of the things that happened. Now, I'm familiar with this because, you know, I'm passionate about war Mm -hmm. history, but I wasn't as familiar with some of the, you know, some of the things that actually created those environments. So as I'm reading about this and I'm learning about some of the, you know, some of the situations that were in play and some of the political situations that led up to World War II and a lot of the things that, you know, happened surrounding. World War II. And when people are saying crap like, oh, you know, if Mike Lee doesn't make Senate, we're going to be Nazi Germany. I'm like, do you have any, like, read a history book, okay? And no, not every history book has been manipulated. Like, I get that there's skewed perspectives, but still, go out and read something. And it's just, so when you say that, you know, like, we need to fix it. I'm like, our political system actually works really, really well. If you think, in fact, the world as a whole, the political systems worldwide work extremely well, given that we're governing 8 billion people. Are they perfect? No. No. Are there lots of problems? Yes. Yes. But are there lots of things that work extraordinarily well? Yes. Yes. And so all these people are like doomsday that like one election is going to just caused the whole world to crash. I'm like, there were a lot of things that led up to World War II. Uh, you know, and yes, yeah. elections were part of it. But they got rid of the due process of law. Like that was that was one of the biggest things is they just got rid of the due process of law. And so having a different view of how law should be implemented, you know, having more of a liberal view or a conservative view, you still have a process of law. So when you say they got rid of the due process of law, did they did they actually have a a governing body like a senate or a house so, or yeah, representatives they, of some kind? So, so they did. And then they went to a dictatorship. Well, they didn't go quite to a dictatorship. And the, okay, so by the way, I'm going off of I spent one day in the museum. <laughs> <laughs> I am not the That's authority more than time than I did. <laughs> you know, you did you didn't bring a guest on this show who is an expert in, you know. You are today. 
But uh, one of the, one of the things that was really interesting is the SS or the secret police that uh, you know that were under the control of Hitler. At first, they were actually pretty weak. They didn't have a lot of uh, power or authority, and there were some different events that kind of got them some some power. But what they would do, and this is where it got really dangerous. And this went on for, you know, like years, six or seven years kind of thing before you mm. really started seeing the, you know, the, the early steps of, of what most of us would consider World War II. And so, so I'm like, this isn't an overnight kind of thing. Like yeah. you can see some of the things. Oh, yeah. But what they would do is if they wanted to get rid of somebody, they would just come up with an accusation against them. Right. And that person had no recourse. They had no way to say, whoa, 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 I didn't do this. I wasn't where you claimed I was. You know, So the police became the judge, jury, and executioner all in the same swing. And, oh, fascinating. And, and so that's where it really became scary was because they held way too much power. And so, you know, as I'm looking at this and I'm saying most, you know, most countries have a balance of power, you know, yeah. like I, I really like the balance of power in the United States. I think that it's a it's a very smart way of going, you know, but most countries have a balance of power. They have different right. parties that, you know, that stand for different things. And that balance of power, the, the fact that there's not judge, jury and executioner all wrapped up into one you know, one, limits, one limits little entity. What they can do. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that's where it allows some common sense to, you know, to come in. But yeah, the, their campaigns were super interesting. Like, you know, one of the reasons why they were so popular is because Hitler is all for the family. You know, oh, he really, yeah, he, he would come and I, I but I don't I, know that he was ever married. He, he, he got married for, I believe one day and then committed suicide the next day or. Well, I know he had a mistress, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if maybe he had a family he, before he, that. He, no, he didn't. Eva Brown was his mistress and then he like, he married her and then committed suicide together or something like that. I don't remember the exact, okay. but he didn't ever really marry her until, you know, but so his huh. campaign was all about the family and they would call it, uh, the Volkerschlagen or what? I'm sorry for all you people that speak German out there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the idea was it was a family community. And so they would go in so then and they we're would. We're all family. They would teach values like people who work hard are those who, you know, get ahead. And so they would get rid of unproductive people in society yeah, or less, less desirable people in society. Yeah. And, you know, coming out of a, a serious depression, everyone likes this idea of, well, because hey. now you're more productive. Yeah, I'll, I'll work hard and feed my family because before we were starving, you know. And so they thought this was a good idea. And it, you well, know, it was you family get, values and hard work values. I mean, that's, that's what he was talking about. Every society has uh, a term for what they would classify as freeloaders. Mm -hmm. And so if you get rid of however that society would determine whatever a freeloader is. Of course, now those that are highly productive and not feeling like their money's being given to someone else, um, then you like it. Yeah. Yeah. And to varying degrees, you know. Which is, I mean, uh, we don't see it so much uh, in the United States in that regard, but, but you see a similar argument when it comes to the political side of taxes. Mm, I don't know if I would agree that we don't see that in the U.S. It's, 
We're, oh. we're a very socialist country right now. We have so many social programs. Yeah, we do, but not as, not as many as some of those European countries. I, so, okay, I was blown away. I had the opportunity to sit down, uh, had a business meeting in Paris, and I'm sitting there talking to one of the business owners that, uh, you know, so he's Parisian. And he, he tells me, he's like, yeah, so, you know, Parisians or, or the French, uh, we don't talk about money like Americans do, but we do talk about politics a lot more openly. Like, you know, here it's, you don't talk about politics and religion kind of thing. And uh, he's like, oh, no, we talk about politics. And so we started sharing, you know, some of his uh, some of his political views. And there were so many things that I was a little bit shocked by that, you know, I think we have this misnomer that in the U.S. we're all conservative. And it's like, no, they think that we're very liberal in many aspects. Well, and yeah, because of, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're right. As a, as a country, we are very liberal. Yeah. yeah. And because what liberal meaning uh, to what extent we will tolerate various actions of other people. Well, but, I mean, yes and no, if you're going with the true definition or if you're going with, you know, kind of the political definition, because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I know, see where you're going. Yeah, so... But I don't, I don't think most countries look at us uh, and understand our political platform to say that, oh, you're liberal politically versus you're liberal more as a country than other countries, meaning... Meaning what we tolerate, because think about, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing that uh, there's not very many other countries that are equal to or outdo what we would call freedom of speech. Yeah. Okay. So because of that, all of a sudden you say, wow, they can say anything? Well, that's just wrong. They're liberal. See what I mean? You're open to, you can get away with that. Mm-hmm. So, so you... But yet, on the other hand, without freedom of speech, how would you keep anything in check or in balance? Yeah, you know. And I don't. And I don't believe in. You know, I think we have some good definitions for freedom of speech today. Because when you get into the harassment of ever, you know, other uh, ethnicities, sex, gender, you know, all, all those other uh, various classifications that we have for uh, uh, civil rights. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with that, that, you know, yeah, you got to show respect. So freedom of speech shouldn't be degrading someone else. But on the other hand, the fact that as a country, uh, I can, I, you know, you know who takes action against me if I say something you don't like? The people who are making my paycheck. That's true. But, uh, you know, man, that's an interesting thing because you're talking about freedom of speech and, like, I don't, well, okay, uh, I, I don't remember if I shared this on an episode or not. I think I shared it with you, but uh, I'm going to recap real quick. So for Halloween, I was going to be Mr. T. Oh, yeah. You know? I don't. Yeah, we talked about it. I don't know if you shared it or not. <laughs> so, but I decided not to be Mr. T because he's black. And, you know, a white guy dressing up like a black guy is like, oh, man, I'm not supposed to do that. And, and so out of respect, I opted not to go with that costume. I ended up being yeah. a pro wrestler that was, you know, white. Yeah. I did Ultimate Warrior oh, instead. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because I have such the physique for a pro wrestler, right? Yeah. But um, and, and so the interesting thing when you talk about freedom of speech is there's a lot of undertones right now. Like I can mm-hmm. say whatever I want. 
But I don't think, you know, like I get a little bent out but, of shape. But you don't get thrown in jail. You don't get thrown in jail. But in you, many countries, I mean, you, you get thrown in jail. That, that is true. But, you know, like you can't say without everything that without you want. social. Social repercussions. Yeah. Yeah. There aren't legal repercussions. Right. I mean, there are if you there do could slander be. or libel yeah, there, or something there like could that. Be. You know, but yeah, the social repercussions, which I think we're a little careless with, honestly, as as a as a society, we're a little careless yeah. with how powerful that is. And I'm like, look, we need to, you know, we need to have some tolerance and not, you know, not be pointing our finger at at everybody for everything. You know. Yeah. Well, and that's unfortunately that's what it feels like. It's come down to is that that. Um, I fear that some people have taken more radical because they feel like that it's come down to finger pointing for everything. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can't, you know, you get nervous about saying anything, so you don't say anything, but then that's becomes another problem that, that now nothing is being said. So now you lose a little bit of that checks and balance. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah, don't know. I, it'd be interesting to see where it goes and, you know, cause social media has changed our view of freedom of speech. Well, and the whole Elon Musk thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that is going to change what freedom of speech means. Yeah. You know? It'll be interesting to see where that platform lands. You know? And I don't know if that's going to be good or bad. Uh, like there's so many things because, okay. So I, l- let me jump back because one of the things that I wanted to talk about uh, briefly, and maybe, maybe we'll kind of wrap it up on some of these points. But the question that I have is, where are things heading? You know, I talked about inflation a little bit. And can I just point out there that Joe Biden didn't cause inflation? <laughs> like, whether no. you like him or don't like him, you know, I, I don't think he's going to go down as See, a great president personally. Well, and But he didn't cause global inflation. No, and it's frustrating because uh, the different political parties, just it's a reallocation of where the money comes and goes. Mm. That's what we forget. Well, okay. And I'm jumping right back onto the political. Uh, because one party wants to create jobs, but they want to create them government controlled. The other party wants to create jobs, but they want to create them laissez-faire. So, so here's the big issue that I have. You've got the Fed who, you know, they're <laughs> setting the rates. They're independent. And- they're independent. And in my opinion, <laughs> they were... Two years minimum behind adjusting rates. Yeah. I Two would, years minimum. That's me being, you know, very kind. Uh, kind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And is anyone giving them flack? No. No. They're not even on the, yeah. in, on a discussion table at all. Uh, uh, they just kind of hide back there, which is crazy. Uh, and I'm like, are you kidding me? So we, we have record low rates that last for an extended period of time. I mean, honestly. And you know there has to be a balance. Yes. It has to adjust. And we probably so held lower we than wait, we should for a decade. And if we wait for the economy uh, in its own mind, and I don't care what anybody says, the economy has its own mind. Yeah. Okay. To make that adjustment for us, we are always in trouble. Mm-hmm. And I know that uh, when we as humans try to make adjustments, it's not going to be perfect, but generally at least we have some control and can control it a little bit. But when the environment decides, the political and um, uh, monetary environment decide to do it, it's always ugly. Yeah, plant your own garden instead of just letting the weeds grow. Yeah. You know, so, but, so, okay, big crystal ball. 
where are we heading to? Where are we going to be in six months? Well, here's, here's what I want to make sure everybody understands. Um, whether you like it or not, America is segmented into economic in, uh, regions, sectors, whatever you want to put okay. in the term. Okay. What happens in the Western United States is going to be completely different than it happens in the, in the West, the Midwest, and of course the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I'd even pull South into there. Yeah. Okay. You know? I agree. Yeah. Cause you could probably segment that out as well. Um, so the, the problems that we're running into in the mountain states are not the same problems they're having uh, on the Mississippi Delta. Yeah. And so when we talk about inflation here, uh, they're they having a housing crisis. Mm. You see, you go to the Midwest up through that Mississippi plain, there, there's no housing crisis there. I can still go out and buy a 3,000 square foot home for 150000 mm-hmm. with an acre of land. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's it's the Western Mountain states, uh, Utah, Idaho, parts of Arizona, uh, parts Nevada. of Colorado, Nevada. Okay, yeah. that are having these major housing crises, driving uh, our inflation to even be worse. Mm-hmm. Okay, matter of fact, you go back um, in some of those other uh, uh, mid eastern states or western. I don't know. I always call it the Mississippi Plain because then you know where kind of the sector I'm talking about yeah, because. Yeah. I don't know how to explain because sometimes you say Midwest and they think Western states when I'm really thinking, no, in the early days of history, that was all the Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa, you know, Oklahoma type stuff. But um, uh, they don't have the same, interesting enough, they don't even have the same fuel issues that we have here. So so when you talk about economics, you got to make sure that you're talking about uh, those individual sectors because they're different everywhere. You know, the same New Jersey's problems are completely different than Salt Lake City, which is completely different than Denver. Yeah. And we forget that way, way too easy. So when you talk about the future, all of a sudden, our whole conversation will be based off of the Mountain West states because that's where we live and that's what we want to be changed. But when you go somewhere else, they're like, they're like I, we don't even know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that's really good perspective is, uh, you know, because I asked the question, like, where, where are we headed in the next six months? I, I, I think a, a couple things are certain, and that is that there's a lot of change on the horizon, uh, yeah. you know. And so uh, anyone that is kind of holding on to this idea of uh, I like where I am, I'm comfortable where I am, I'm like, uh, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Like, that's yeah. that's, you know, that that's something – but the other thing, and this is where I get so caught up, is like, it's not bad. Like, there are some bad things. There are some things that, in my mind, my opinion, my perspective, are worse off than they were a decade ago. But there's a lot of things that are better off than we were a decade ago. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can't definitively state whether, you know, 2010 was a better decade than the 20s is going to be you know like I, I i can't say that i know that technology is is increasing and improving and so you know if you like the benefits of technology then obviously that's you know that's huge um <clears throat> the one thing that i do think that we have lost and to me is a is a major negative and that is our ability to just interact and socialize as a human race like, I, 
I, I, I think that we have a harder time just getting together, being kind, being friendly, being neighborly. You know, I was telling my uh, my kids, this is kind of funny. <laughs> They, they were asking some questions about how, like, uh, me and my wife met and, uh, and you know, so when when we were dating, uh, internet was not a thing. Like, it, right. it just yeah. barely kind of started yeah. coming yeah. about, but it wasn't really a thing, right? And so uh, I told them, I'm like, yeah, we would just stop by at each other's house. And like, 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 stop by? <laughs> Like, well, yeah. And they're like, did did you have an appointment? <laughs> I'm like, an appointment. It was, it was my girlfriend. I just I just swung by. Well, like you would call her first. I'm like, that is well, hilarious. Sometimes I would call her. I'm like, but I would just stop. Well, what if she was doing something? Then she would say, I busy. <laughs> you know, and and like to them, it was completely foreign. This concept of you could literally just stop by someone's house with out having an appointment without calling first. Well, even with your friends, think about it. Half the time, if you wanted to know if they could play, what did you do? You got on your bike, <laughs> you rode two blocks, you knocked on their door. Hey, is Johnny home and can he play? Yeah. Well, uh, no, Johnny's gone or, hey, Johnny's just finishing up some chores. He can in an hour. Can you come back then? Yeah, I can. And, and it was so funny that you intuitively knew when they could and couldn't. Yeah, you kind of figured it out based on days and you yeah, can. routines and yeah. you know things like that. Uh, but that was so foreign to my kids. And so I do think that uh, with all this change that's going on, like I'm not all that concerned about inflation. No. Uh, I am concerned about what it's going to do to food. Like food is, you know, food and water to me, those, those are things that we need to be watching. Yeah. But like housing inflation, I'm like, ah, that's, that's fabricated. And, you know, we, we set ourselves up for failure on that one. Yeah. And it will have a rebound. It always does. Yeah. You know. So just be smart. That's what I tell people right now. If you're looking at doing anything with a house, you need to be very, very smart because it will adjust. Right. I don't know how soon. I wish I could give you some thoughts on that one, but... Uh, our economies are so crazy today. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it just, in two to three years, things literally can change dramatically mm-hmm. where they couldn't do that before. It was 10 years. Yeah, yeah. So in two years, you know, you in, like today, you invest in a stick home and with the building prices and the cost of lumber where it is today, if any of that makes a horrible adjustment, now all of a sudden you're upside down in your loan. And if uh, you decide to take a job somewhere else, you need to sell that house, you lose money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's where I say be be smart about it because uh, if you think there's change coming up or you're going to be any moving, I wouldn't invest in a, I wouldn't buy a home today. No, I, I wouldn't buy a home today. You know, if you're pretty certain you're at your, going to take a job that's 20 years and you have a little bit of longevity to it, uh, all right, I would support it. But yeah, yeah, housing is, wow. I mean, it, it did things in two years that that uh, even some of the uh, real estate type articles and stuff I read that just shake their head. It was <laughs> no one saw it coming. I, I was over at a friend's house, and he said to me, "He's like, I never would have imagined that I would own a million dollar home. He's like, when I bought it, it wasn't a million dollar home. Yeah. He's like, but it's a million dollar home today. He's like, yep. in three years, our house value doubled. Yeah, and I'm like." Doubled in three. Wow. Yeah. You know, and yeah. he's like, look at this. He's like, know, does this it, look like a million it, dollar home it did to you? In, it did in two to three years what it generally takes <clears throat> about 15 to 20. Yeah. Which was insane. And that's, but that's driven by this, uh, in the, and this is in the, 
Mountain West states. It's driven by the influx um, or that my uh, ingra- in migration of people. Yeah. Well, it's not just the Mountain West states, but to your uh, point, that's what we know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's what I know, and oh. but I I know that it's certainly here, and it's not. You go to St. Louis and um, even Virginia, which is interesting, which is you know just above some of the D.C. stuff where you think would be a hot pocket. They're not. They're not being affected by the housing crisis. Yeah. Yeah. Super interesting. All right. I think we got random enough on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you guys enjoyed uh, just listening to us chat, share some of our uh, points of views on on different things going on, and uh, we'll catch you next time. See you.